So, you ever believed a lie that cost you something? Cost you maybe a relationship? Some rest? Maybe some inner peace? Cost you a pile of regrets? A little while back, I had a Kairos I shared with uh, my Get Real group. I think I'm still wrestling with. I noticed that I have been well-trained over the years to believe that waiting until I feel like doing something is a cop-out. Because people who are disciplined, well-respecting adults do what they're supposed to do whether they feel like it or not, right? Mm, wrong. <laughs> but thank you. In fact, as I reflected on this awareness, I realized that's a lie I have believed and lived out for decades, and apparently some of us have too. And there's a truth that is even more life-giving and humanizing than that, because sometimes the best thing I can do is trust that still small voice that's telling me to rest or to wait. Sometimes the holiest thing to do is nothing. Sometimes my soul needs a chance to catch up with my body before I ask my body to tackle one more thing. Amen? You know what else I'm learning? I can trust that I will eventually want to do that thing that needs done. Or at least I want to get it done. I want to have it done, you know? I'm kind of wired like that too. I, mean, I will get it done. But sometimes thinking it has to be done right now. No rest, no wait, now. You're a good, responsible, disciplined adult, Brian. Do it now. <laughs> Man, that lie has cost me some peace and some rest. Probably an ulcer or two. One of the most life-changing things we do in Get Row Groups is help people discern the bad news they've been believing. The lies they've been believing about God or themselves or other people or reality. And then we help train them to declare the good news. <laughs> the truth that displaces those lies. And we practice just surrendering to that good news over and over and over, rinse and repeat. And what we discover is little everyday miracles occur again and again and again when we identify the lies and replace them with the truth. Because the only way we'll ever get real, friends, is to line ourselves up with what is real. What's true to identify what is interfering with me living this life of love that I say that I'm committed to. If I'm letting lies keep that from happening, I'm literally living a lie, right? And by the way, all of us do that. All of us have been doing it from the very beginning of the human story. This week, we're going to tackle this subject of judgment again, and we're stepping into the bigger scripture story to find that this shows up all through the Bible. And I'm going to read to you again the passage Leslie used last week in that fantastic message on the two trees from Genesis chapter 3. She teased you last week a little bit and said, today, Brian was going to double-click on the lies in the story because the lies in that ancient story still plague every one of us in this room to this day. So from Genesis chapter 3, the snake 
was the most intelligent of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the snake, we may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, don't eat from it and don't touch it or you'll die. And the snake said to the woman, you won't die. God knows on the day you eat from it, you'll see clearly. You'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful with delicious food, and the tree would provide wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. And then they both saw clearly that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made garments for themselves. Here's the good news that I'm so excited to share with us today. Fake news, I had to go there. Fake news about God, ourselves, others, and reality lies at the root of all that is wrong in the world. And when we act on these lies, destruction always follows. But when we see and act on the truth about God and ourselves, We'll also see the truth about others. and reality, the truth frees us to live fully in love. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free, Scripture says. Free to live fully in love. In other words, this is how things actually work. When we all live consistent with reality, things go better for us. We live out of an inner peace. Things feel like they're just right in the world. When we insist on creating our own reality, sooner or later, actual reality catches up with us, and it is always painful to bump into how things really are instead of the way we've been telling ourselves they are. Always painful. So, that's what's at stake in this conversation. It's a lot at stake. So it might be helpful to name the lies from this ancient story that we're all still falling for over and over and over again. First of all, there are some lies about God, which is where the problem all starts. Did God really say you shouldn't? Oh, God knows that on the day you eat from it, you'll see clearly. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. See, the fake news is God's keeping something from me. God's keeping something from me. I can't trust him. What, I'm going to trust him to give me fullness of life? He wanted to give me that beautiful piece of fruit right there, right now? And instead of trusting God to provide for them through the abundance of all the other trees in the garden, they grasped for the one thing they were convinced, oh, but we still need that. <laughs> Leslie said it so well last week. They ignored the provision and focused on the prohibition. They were unwilling to accept the truth that not having something we can't handle is actually good for us, not keeping something from us. Amen? Not having something we can't handle. Oh, that's a gift in itself. <laughs> See, the real news is God wants something good for me. He's not keeping something good from me. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above, James writes. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of all the heavenly lights, in whose character there's no change at all. In, in other words, the same God whose signature over all creation was, oh, it's good, that's good, that's good, oh, that's very good. That same God is the God who wants good for us. His character has not changed. This is where the story begins 
And this is where the problem begins. What we think about when we think about God. It's everything. Somebody said it's the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. Greg Boyd says your relationship with God will never outrun the beauty of your mental conception of God. (laughs) Hmm. So if our enemy could just get us to fall for fake news about God, all the dominoes begin to fall. Because now I'm going to fall prey to the lies about me. You'll fall prey to the lies about you because the enemy will whisper in our ears, you'll see clearly though, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Yeah, he's trying to keep something from you, but if you could just get that, you could handle it. You'd see how good it would be. (laughs) Fake news is I need to know what God knows so I can judge like God judges. God needs help. If I just had what God has, I could help him out. Until we bump into reality, because look what happens when they eat from the tree. They both saw clearly, yep. And they knew they were naked, or naked. (laughs) So they sewed fig leaves together, and they made garments for themselves. Maybe the real news is God wants to relieve me of the burden of knowing everything and having to judge everything. Maybe the human constitution wasn't made for knowing everything God knows and feeling that burden of judging everything only God can judge. Maybe, maybe the divine actually has to do that. And after they ate the fruit, they knew. It might even be a little bit of what Jesus is getting at in Matthew chapter 7 when he says, don't judge so you won't be judged. You you don't want that in your life. You'll receive the same judgment you give out. Whatever you deal out will be dealt out to you. Don't go there. You don't want it. That's a burden. You weren't weren't designed to handle that burden. (laughs) Because it turns out knowing and judging is a heavy burden to bear. When God created me to have fullness of life, by finding my center, Leslie, in God's love and then overflowing with that love back to God, to myself, to other people, to the whole of creation. By the way, friends, I've discovered that is a full-time job and I'm still not capable of doing it some days. Amen? I got all on my plate I can handle (laughs) just centering my life in God's love and, and being a conduit of that love in this world. But that's not what the enemy says. The enemy says, walking with God in the cool of the day, yeah, I know, but there's more. That's not always all it's cracked up to be. Why should you settle for that? Look at the fruit. (laughs) When like Adam and Eve, we no longer trust that there's a good God who wants to give us fullness of life, we begin to believe the lie not very long later that we're not enough. Maybe I'm not okay as I am. Maybe I am missing out on something really big. (laughs) See, if we're really gonna belong, if I'm really gonna be secure, if I'm really gonna have significance, I bet I need to do more. I bet I need to get more. I bet I need to be more. And if I'm gonna let anything get in the way of all of that, I'll probably just be stuck like this, less secure, less significant, not belonging. You see how the lies work? Fake news about God, about me, about you, about all of reality, this world, life, 
That's at the root of everything that's wrong in the world, my friend. And when we act on these lies, destruction always follows. Big destruction, little destruction. But when we see and act on the truth about God and who God says we are, boy, all of a sudden the truth about other people and about all of reality begins to open up to us. We can see it. We get pulled toward it. And it is the truth that frees us finally to live fully in love. That is good news. Amen? Man, it's good news. But if we insist on falling for the fake news about God, about me, once I, once I fall for the lies about God and me, I am a sucker for the next one. Lies about you. Because once I settle for the lie that I need to be like God, I need to help God out. I, I, I probably know what he knows. I need to judge like he judges. (laughs) I begin to assess other people based on how they meet my needs and how they measure up to my expectations or not. It doesn't take but about half a minute for me to believe the fake news that others are here for me to judge. Other people are worth what I assess them to be worth. But the real news is others are here for me to love. God's already assessed what everybody's worth. He already says everybody has unsurpassable worth. He said it like this, amen? He doesn't need my help with that. It's already settled. It is done. My job is to agree with God about your worth and everybody else's out there, amen? That's my job, full-time job. But if I assume my job is to apply the knowledge of good and evil I'm seeing everybody and everything through that lens. I'm always assigning worth to everybody based on whether I think they're good or evil or whether they can benefit me. Do they sign on to the causes that I sign on to or are they just in the way? Do they meet my expectations or they just keep falling short? My need to judge them gets in the way of my ability to love them. I'm going to repeat that one and then you can help me. My need to judge them gets in the way of my ability to love them. Amen? Man, those two things are at odds. Besides, after a little while of judging other people, it does feel kind of good to assume that I'm better than some of them. I kind of like being better than you. I'm kidding. But I do, right? Doesn't the human spirit kind of, isn't it a little bit comforting to know you're just, at least you're not like those people. At least I don't have those for their problems. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of the real slippery slope, my friend. Because once I believe the fake news, God's keeping something good for me. God needs my help. I need to help God judge all this stuff. I can judge like God judges. It doesn't take very long before I start to view everybody else as somebody for me to judge. And it culminates in one final big lie about reality, about everything. Creation is here for me to control. Y'all are here for me to control. My family, they're here for me to control. Or it's all here for me to consume. Our ancestors from the very beginning redefined the human story. They start out as human beings, walking with God in the cool of the day. And before long, they insisted on becoming human doings. They began consuming and controlling everything which is here for my needs, 
But friends, that's not how the story goes. It's not what God dreamed. Look at it again. The Lord God took the human, settled him in the Garden of Eden to farm it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the human, eat your fill from all of the garden's trees. Just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The real news is creation, reality is here for me to steward and enjoy. Farm it and take care of it, eat from it. It's a gift. It's a gift from a good father who delights in abundantly providing all kinds of good gifts for his children. But if we're not getting our life and fullness from God, we're also not content with his gifts. And through that deep emptiness and that hunger, that lie I believe, I need something else. I need whatever he's holding back from me. I begin to see creation through the lens of what will it do for me and how much more of it can I get or what else could I use? (sighs) This may not all sound like good news, people, but it is such stinking awesome good news. The fake news about God and ourselves and others and reality lies at the root of everything that's wrong in the world. And when we act on the lies, some kind of destruction will always follow. But... When we see and act on the truth about who God is, who God says I am, I begin to see the truth about who you are, about what it's all about, what reality is all about. And that frees me up. The truth always frees me to begin living fully in love. All the love I can handle right now with the only full-time job I can handle, loving everybody. I got to tell you, over the years, as I've begun to discover more and more of the, the real news, the good news about God and other people, it has freed me up so much to love others and to engage this life in a very different way than I used to. I'm fueled with so much more optimism and hope and joy. And I know some of you who've known me forever think I've always been fueled with that, not as much as I am now. It just keeps getting a little bit better. I give myself permission to feel more peace. I feel like I have a more non-anxious presence with other people. It's not perfect. Hang with me. I'm becoming. And I feel it. I have less of a need to control all the inputs and know all the outputs. I'm content to rest in the knowledge that God is always present and at work. That this is a God who looks exactly like Jesus. That he cares about all of it all of you, even more than I do. And I don't have to know everything. When I don't know, it's just an opportunity to trust more. Amen? I'm learning to relish the awe and the mystery and the wonder of all the things I must not know. (laughs) I think about the things I've learned in almost 60 years of life, the ways my eyes have been opened that I think I can see more like he sees, as we sang earlier. I think, how much more will I see in another 10 or 20 or 30 years? And when I finally, with Jesus in the better part of my life, I wonder what all I'll see then. It must be amazing. It must be mind-blowing, the good things I still can't see. Amen? (laughs) And what a relief it is to accept the job description, love other people, Brian, Don't feel a need to judge them. You can lay that burden down. You don't have to give them a label. You don't got to make them all fit in some little box you created that you think they're supposed to fit into. Love them. 
I'm not kidding. When I sat down at my laptop writing a sermon and I got to this part, I thought, I just want to capture some of the ways this is changing my life. All that stuff just felt like it flowed from my fingertips onto that keyboard. And there's so many more ways. What about you? Can you see it? Is he giving you eyes to see? Do you want it? Would you choose it? Can you sense the tug of the Spirit exposing some of the lies you believe that have been hurting you or other people around you that you love? Do you sense the Spirit of God pulling you toward the freedom of the truth? By the way, sidebar commercial again. Those groups we have coming up in a couple of weeks, <laughs> axioms and grace and truth, they will help you get real with this good news in some beautiful ways. In a few weeks, it won't change your entire life. It might just be the pivot point that changes your entire life. Don't miss those groups. Fake news about God, about us, ourselves, about others, about reality, the world, life in general. It lies at the root of everything that's wrong in the world. And when we believe those lies and we keep falling for them and we keep acting them out, friends, destruction, big and small, always happens. But we're the people of God. And Jesus is opening our eyes to see a whole new way of being human. And when we see God for who he really is, we see us for who we really are, we begin to see through new lenses and everybody else and all of reality, friends, that is what it looks like to live fully in love. We're free to love. Amen? Man, that is such good stuff. How about an act of surrender this morning? The good news always requires us that we line up with it and surrender to it. And so why don't we take a couple of moments for some reflection and prayer before we go. Would you mind to bow your heads? Maybe close your eyes, kind of quiet our spirits for a moment or two. While you are just reflecting there, as you inhale on each breath, I want you to pray one word, beloved. A God who is love declares that you are loved, and this is the truth about who God is and who he says we are. Breathe it in, people. Good news. You are beloved. Breathe it in. And as you exhale, I'd like you to pray two words. Be loved. Because this is the posture of one who is loved. They know how to be loved in the world. It's just their way of being. They're exhaling that love to everybody and everything. <laughs> Take it in. Be loved. Breathe it out. Be loved. Man, what a simple, beautiful prayer that is. Pray that just for a few moments and I'll pray for all of us. Hmm. Father, thank you that you call us beloved, that you so loved the whole world, every one of us, that you gave your only begotten son. Well, we know that's who you are. It's who we are. Sometimes we wrestle with it. God, I pray we just breathe it in more this week. And thank you, Father, that when we begin to take in that love, we can't ever contain it or control it. It just keeps showing up in the way we love other people and all of creation, this beautiful gift you've given us. 
Thank you that we get to be loved in this community this week. All over the 573, Lord, people from this church will show up and be loved. What a difference that makes. What a beautiful life that is to live. Would you compel us with it, Father? I pray we'd settle for nothing less. None of the lies that the enemy gives us about who you are or who we are or who other people are or about this world. God, I pray we would lean into the truth of what you share with us. Good news. Father, I pray it'll revolutionize some of us this very week, and I pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.